Assalamu alaikum my friends my name is Fazal welcome to Injil for Muslim podcast Allah Taala has given the Injil Sharif to be a blessing and guidance for all peoples including the Muslim community Inshallah these lessons will guide you to understand the word of God which Allah has given through Isa al-Masih The Injil for Muslims podcast is especially designed for those from Muslim families who want to learn more about the Injil Sharif Please listen closely as my friend Dr. Daud teaches. Our prayer is that you will learn to love Isa Al-Masih with all your heart, soul, mind and strength as you listen. Assalamu alaikum my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Angelus for Muslims podcast. In the last episode we begin discussing this important question about the Trinity. As a follower of Hazrat Isa Al-Masih, I have often been frustrated as I've shared with my Muslim friends about the Trinity. The reason is that many of their ears are closed to even consider this as a possibility. They've been taught from their childhoods against the Trinity. But the problem for us as followers of Hazrat Isa al-Masih is this is what God has revealed about himself in the Injil Sharif. And we as followers of Hazrat Isa al-Masih, we we just confess that we're not smart enough, we're not big enough, we're not powerful enough to judge God's word. What God reveals about himself, that is what we receive. That is what we believe. And we as followers of Hazrat Isa al-Masih, we understand this great truth that God is so great, that he's so powerful, that he's mighty. He's the one who created the heavens and the earth. He's the one who does miracles. He's the one who raised Hazrat Isa al-Masih from the dead. And if he can do all the things that he's done, and if he holds the entire world in his hands, then how can we fully understand who he is? His, he is so great, so high and so mighty that before his greatness, that we're like grasshoppers. In fact, that's how the prophet Hazrat Yeshaya alayhi salam described us in Isaiah chapter 40. Let me read what Hazrat Yeshaya alayhi salam said about the greatness of God in Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure, or weighed the mountains on a balance, and the hills on a scale? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or who gave him counsel? Who did he consult? Who gave him understanding, and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are considered as a speck of dust on the scales, He lifts up the islands like fine dust. Lebanon cedars are not enough for fuel, or its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are considered by him as empty nothingness. With whom will you compare God? What likeness will you set up for comparison with him? An idol? Something that a smelter casts? And a metal worker plates with gold? And makes silver chains for? A poor person contributes wood for a pedestal? That will rot, he looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not considered the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. In God's word, God describes us like grasshoppers. If you're not familiar with what a grasshopper is, it's a, it's a small insect that lives in the field. God is saying that compared to his greatness, compared to his majesty, that we're like grasshoppers. 
A grasshopper cannot fully understand the majesty of the Almighty. And when we sit in judgment over God and we say, God cannot, God cannot be like that. God cannot be like that. God cannot do this. It's, it's a, it's a shameful thing because if God reveals something to us in his word, we are obligated to receive it and to believe it and to cherish that truth rather than attacking that truth. And I just want to encourage my Muslim friends with these two things. First, Allah Ta'ala has revealed himself as a trinity and the Injil Sharif. And the second, even the Quran testifies that the Injil Sharif is a Sahih Kitab from him. If you have any questions about the Injil Sharif, go back in some of our previous episodes. In fact, go to the first episode and hear again, why is the Injil Sharif for Muslims? God has preserved this book, the Injil Sharif, miraculously. It is a revelation from him for us so that we might know how to walk in the truth. So today, I want to continue discussing the Trinity. In the last episode, we discussed that there are th- really three truths uh, that, d- that describe the Trinity. The term Trinity is never used in the Injil Sharif. It's merely described. And just like we, we never see the word Tawid in the, the, in the Quran. Okay, so these three truths in the, uh, in the Injil Sharif about the Trinity are this. First, that there is one God. La ilallah. There is one God. There is only one God in the heavens. The second is this, that God exists in three persons. A Father, a Son, and a Spirit. And the third is that each of those persons is fully God. God the Father is fully God. God the Son is fully God. God the Spirit is fully God. As I was mentioning, many Muslim scholars have come to this and they've said, this doesn't make sense, and they attack these truths that God has revealed about himself. But all that we're doing when we attack the revelation that God has given about himself is that we're showing our foolishness, that we think that we as finite human beings, as small people, that we can sit in judgment over the word of God and tell God that he's wrong about what he's revealed about himself. May it never be that we are those people who try to tell God what he has done incorrectly. So last week, we mostly discussed one part of this of this whole revelation, and it's this, that Hazrat Isa al-Masih is fully God. In that, we looked mostly to the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of John. I want to just review one or two things briefly from that. We're not going to go through everything. I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you still have questions about it, or to send me a message um, through our website, injeelformuslims.com. That's injeel, I-N-J-E-E-L, the number four, muslims.com. You can send me a message through that website if you continue to have questions. And honestly, if you send me a good question, it may turn into a future podcast. Now, regarding this truth that Hazrat Isa al-Masih is God, we looked primarily at two things, but then we looked at many other things that reveal the deity of Hazrat Isa al-Masih and the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of John. The first is this. In the Gospel of Matthew, time and time again, Hazrat Isa al-Masih received worship from man. Some people have made the statement, where does Hazrat Isa al-Masih say, I am God, worship me? Well, the best thing that we can do is to look to these statements where Hazrat Isa al-Masih showed his deity by receiving worship. Let me read one of those in Matthew chapter 14, verse 33. So Hazrat Isa al-Masih's disciples, they had been, they were in a boat and they were crossing the sea and there was a great storm. During that time, Hazrat Isa al-Masih was coming to them walking on the water. 
And they were afraid because they were thinking, seeing a man walk on the water in the middle of the sea. These were fishermen who were very accustomed to the sea. And they cried out, it's a ghost. And Hazrat Isa al-Masih spoke to them, have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Hazrat Patris salam, one of his closest disciples, said, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Hazrat Isa al-Masih said, come. And Hazrat Patris salam, he began to walk on the water, but seeing the waves, he grew fearful and he began to drown. And he said, Lord, save me. And Hazrat Isa al-Masih saved him. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped Hazrat Isa al-Masih and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. When we say this term, Son of God, Son of God means that Hazrat Isa al-Masih carries the same nature as God the Father. Just like the son of a horse is a horse, or the son of a, of a man is a man, the Son of God is divine. He's not a man like you and I are. That Hazrat Isa al-Masih carries the same nature as God the Father. And here people understood that he carried the same nature as God the Father, and they began to worship him. In the second place that we very clearly see the deity of Hazrat Isa al-Masih in the book of Matthew is in Matthew chapter 9, when Hazrat Isa al-Masih had a paralytic man being brought to him, and he forgave his sins. At that time, the religious leaders who were standing by, they thought, this is blasphemy. He's blaspheming by saying that uh, he's forgiving sins. But Hazrat Isa al-Masih saw the thing that was in their heart, and he said, so that you may know that this, that I have authority to forgive sins. He healed the man who he had healed the sins of. And the man who was a paralytic got up and he walked away. Hazrat Isa al-Masih has all power and all authority. In fact, after Hazrat Isa al-Masih came back from the dead, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. There are many other indications of the deity of Hazrat Isa al-Masih in the book of Matthew and the book of John. And I encourage you to go listen to the last podcast again, again, if you have any questions about that. But today I want to focus on the rest of these statements. The first I want to just focus on for a moment is that there is one God, La Ilala, that there is only one God in the heavens. And this is most clearly seen in the book of Mark chapter 12. And I'm going to read this passage. I believe that I read it last week as well in the last episode. But this is such an important passage. If we look at Mark chapter 12, verse 29, they were discussing what is the greatest commandment in all of the Torah Sharif. And Hazrat Isa al-Masih answered, The most important is listen, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. So Hazrat Isa al-Masih is saying from the entire Torah Sharif, these are the greatest statements. And the first thing that he says is this, Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. In fact, this statement is so important for the Jewish people today that most Jewish people, they, they recite this statement to newborns after they're born. Many Jewish people desire, desire this to be the last statement that comes from their lips before they die. Many Jewish people recite this whenever they're afraid. And they recite it in Hebrew. In Hebrew, it says, Shema Yisrael, Adnai Eloheinu, Adnai Echad. And this word, the Lord is one, it means this word echad that's used in the Torah Sharif in Hebrew, it means one as a unity. It does not mean one as a singularity. And even that, in that, we see that the Torah Sharif is indicating that, that God is a trinity. 
that God is a unity rather than God is a one and only. Let me show you one more passage in the Ajil Sharif that shows that God is one, that la ilah la. And it's this, and Yaqub chapter 2, verse 19. And the book of Yaqub is usually written as James in most English translations. And the reason is that there was a king named King James, and there's a famous translation of the Injil Sharif in his name. The translators at that time, they translated the Greek Yaqub into James in honor of King James at his request as they made that translation. However, in, in Greek, the book of James should be read as Yaqub. And so we're going to read this. And Hazrat Yaqub was one of the closest followers of Hazrat Isa Masih. And Yaqub chapter 2, verse 19, we read, You believe that God is one. Good. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. So Hazrat Yaqub he declared this truth that even the demons believe. Shaitan, Iblis himself, understands that there is one God. La ilaha la. It's a truth that is declared throughout the, the Injil Sharif. The second statement is that God exists in three persons. There is one God, and God exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And I have to confess, this is a hard thing to understand cognitively for us as human beings, but it's what God has revealed about himself. And as I've said, we do not sit in judgment over God. I think for most of us, when we think of God the Father, we think of God the Father as evidently God. Let's talk about God the, God the Spirit for a moment. And the, the most important thing about this is that the third person of the Trinity is not God the Mother. And this is a common misunderstanding in Islam, is that many people think that in many Muslim, many of my Muslim friends, they've heard from a long time that if there's God the Father, there must be God the Mother, God the Son. And some have even said there must be grandparents and aunts and uncles and a large family in the heavens. That is not what God has revealed about himself in the Injil Sharif. And if anyone makes that argument, they're making it from their own heart and their own mind. They're not making it from what God has said about himself. And from, for me as a follower of Hazrat Yisrael Masih, the important thing is that we study the word of God. We receive what God has said about himself. We don't want need to continue to extrapolate crazy ideas and try to make it sound absurd. When we do this, we dishonor God. So God the Spirit is fully God. God the Spirit is God's presence that lives among his people today. He lives in the world and act and is among his people, giving them strength and power. The Holy Spirit, the, the Pakru, is the power that came into my life when I repented and I became a follower of Hazrat Esau Masih. He can change your life as well. He can guide and direct you and fill you. In fact, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the follower of Hazrat Esau Masih is one of the greatest distinctions between a follower of Hazrat Esau Masih and a Muslim. That Muslims don't claim to have the power of God dwelling inside of them. But Hazrat Esau Masih in his rechem, in his mercy, in his grace, in his fuzzle, he's given us his pakru. He's sent the, he's sent the presence of God to live inside of us, to guide us, to direct us, and to act as a direct connection between us and God. In the Old Testament, it was common that the Holy Spirit would only come upon prophets to give them power to prophesy. It was unique in the New Testament, in the Injil Sharif, when the Holy Spirit came upon Hazrat Esau Masih at his Pakusul, and then he began to empower Hazrat Esau Masih for his ministry. Well, one of the greatest things that Hazrat Esau Masih did is when he went to Janet to be in the presence of God the Father. 
is that he sent the Pakru to live among his people. And the Pakru continues to live among his people today. One of the greatest aspects of the Pakru is the Pakru transforms our life. He transforms us from within and he, he develops our character. And if we truly have the Pakru within our lives, our lives will be transformed by the power of the Pakru. All right. So we have God the Father is fully God. God the Son is fully God. God the Spirit is fully God. And this is what it means for the Trinity. That God, God has revealed himself in this way that he is, um, that he's almighty, that he's all powerful, that he's one, but that he exists in three persons and each of those persons is fully God. Some people have asked some questions like this. So when Hazrat Isa Masih was on the earth and when he was a child, that means that the creator of the heavens and the earth who was sustaining all things was just a child. How could he rule the heavens and the earth from that place? And what I want to tell you is that when we make statements like that, we misunderstand the greatness of Hazrat Isa Masih. Let's look at two passages. Let's look at three passages in the book of Matthew where we see the Trinity. The first is Matthew 3, 16 and 17. When Hazrat Isa al-Masih took the pakusul, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him. Then he saw the Spirit of God, the pakru, descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. God is so powerful, he's so complex, that he can be in the water. He can be coming up out of the water in the person of God the Son. He can be speaking from heaven as God the Father. He can be descending from heaven upon the God the Son in the form of God the Spirit. Yet there is one God, the one God who sustains all things, that this is the God who does everything. And so when we see this, of course, God did not give up his throne in heaven when he came down in the person of Hazrat Isa Masih. He's simply more complex than we could ever understand. Let's go look at another passage in Matthew 17. Matthew 17 is a passage where Hazrat Isa al-Masih showed his true glory to three of his followers, to Hazrat Patris alayhi salam, Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salam, and Hazrat John alayhi salam. Let me re- just read this passage, Matthew 17, starting in verse 1. After six days, Hazrat Isa al-Masih took Hazrat Patris alayhi salam, Hazrat Yaqub alayhi salam, and his brother Hazrat Yuhun alayhi salam, and led them on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, meaning his his appearance, his nature, his true nature began to show through. That's what it means that he was transfigured in front of them. And his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Hazrat Musa, as in Hazrat Ilyas, appeared to them, talking with him. Then Hazrat Patris, said to Hazrat Isa Masih, Lord, it is good for us to be here. I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Hazrat Musa, salam and one for Hazrat Ilyas alayhi salam. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down, and they were terrified. Again, in this passage, we see the working of the Trinity in play. The Holy Spirit, the Pakru, is guiding Hazrat Isa al-Masih. God the Father is speaking from heaven, and they're seeing the glory of Hazrat Isa al-Masih at the same time. Rather than looking at another passage in the Gospel of Matthew, let's go to the Gospel of John. In John chapter 14, there's some statements about the relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Now, some have misunderstood this passage very poorly. 
And in fact, they've thought that these passages are about Muhammad, the, the prophet of Islam. When we just read them in the context, it's very clear that that's not what he's talking about. John chapter 14, verse 15. Hazrat Isa Masih said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So Hazrat Isa Masih says that he was going to ask God the Father to send another counselor. Now some, as I was saying, have misunderstood this to be the prophet of Islam. But read the next verse in verse 17. He is the spirit of truth. Coming down just a little bit further. In John chapter 14, verse 25, and then 26. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, is very clear there that who the, the counselor is. The counselor is the Holy Spirit. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. John chapter 15, verse 26. When the Counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. That's what Hazrat Isa Masih says about the, the Pakru, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would testify about the greatness of Hazrat Isa Masih. And then last, John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Hazrat Isa Masih in this last statement, he says that it's for our benefit that he goes away to send the Pakru. You see, the, the limitation of Hazrat Isa Masih is he could only be in one place at a time. The Pakru can live in the heart of each believer, and the greatness of God and the presence of God can be with every follower of Hazrat Isa Masih through the power of the Pakru. And in this, the Trinity is, is good news for us as followers of Hazrat Isa Masih. God the Father, he chooses us, and he He leads the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's not that he is greater than the Son, and that he has um, more power than the Son. It's that he has a higher stature. God the Father and God the Son send the, the Pakru, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of the heart of the believer. Hazrat Isa Masih is the one who gave his life on a cross to purify us. The Pakru, the Holy Spirit, is the one who lives inside of us and connects us to God forever. These truths help us to understand who God is and help us to see his greatness. So for us as followers of Hazrat Isa Masih, the Trinity is a great, is great news. It's good news because it means that God is far greater, that he's far more complex, and that God has so much mercy that he came from heaven to earth to save us and that he still lives among us in the person of the Pakru. It means that God God himself gave his life on a cross for our sins, so that we could be reconciled to him. It means that unlike most religions of the world, which say put the demand upon us to do all the work, Hazrat Isa Masih took that demand upon himself. He did the hard work for us, so that we could be reconciled to God. Now, the choice that you have as you hear about the Trinity is this. Will you believe what Hazrat Isa Masih has revealed about God? Will you believe the Injil Sharif? And I would want to continue to invite you into this. If you have questions about these things, read the Injil Sharif for yourself. Study this book, because in by studying this book, God can give you great insight, and God can transform your life. Huda Hafiz, my friends.
Thank you for tuning in. I want to welcome you to continue this conversation of learning from the Anjil Sharif. And in particular, I want to give you a challenge. If you want to learn about the Anjil Sharif and to really learn this book, I want to give you the, the Anjil in 90 Days Challenge. The Anjil in 90 Day Challenge is simply this. You can easily read the entire Anjil Sharif in about 90 days. If you read just three chapters a day, it'll take you about 15 minutes. You may have a lot of questions. How do I get an Anjil Sharif? What do, where did the Anjil Sharif come from? For answers to your questions, I want to direct you to our website. Go to anjilformuslims.com. That's I-N-J-E-E-L, the number four, muslims.com. Anjilformuslims.com. And you'll find answers to all those questions and more. On that website, you can also find ways to contact us directly with any questions or in any ways we may help you. Allah Hafiz, my friends.